And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut sap. First try. Why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I am Jacob, and I am joined, as always, by Sage. I am first again. Nice. I've officially been replaced. Yes, I think I think you may have been. Damn. Three in a row or four in a row, whatever that is, really settles in. Mm-hmm. He was How relatively on time, though. Yeah. So he was. He beat he beat you here today. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. in my defense, the last three times I've purposely waited to get a text because I'm like, I'm not just going to sit on our stream for like 30 minutes waiting for Tate. As much as I like Jacob, I could do other things for 30 minutes. Yeah, I don't disagree. If I didn't have to send out the invite, I would do the same thing. Um, <laughs> That's like yeah. the first step of the process. Jacob sends the invite and then like 10 minutes later, somebody joins. And then like 20 minutes later, I join. Well, it's like I have to send the text, or else you'll just—you guys will both yeah, just I like won't. forget I'll, about it. Well, I'll literally just sit on my couch until I get that text. If we say we're doing it at nine, the email is going to be sent somewhere right around nine. So just yeah. The <laughs> last three, Jacob sent the invite. I got on like almost immediately. Saw the tape wasn't on, and I'll be like, Jacob, I'm going to go do something. He's like, Yeah, and then he'll go look on his phone, and I'll go do something for like thirty minutes, and I'll check occasionally, and there's no poopify. And then <laughs> Sage, eventually we get a text like, I'm on my way, like 30 minutes later. I don't feel too bad for you, but I do feel bad for Jacob. Jacob, I'm going to buy you a bottle of whiskey or something. Or okay. Bud Light or prefer- whatever you like. Yeah, he prefer two 30 racks of Coors. Okay. I won't, wouldn't say no to that. But um, anyways, should we get into my movie pick? Yes, but quick highlight. Sage is fixed. Is internet, yes. How did you do that? I forgot. It just fixed nothing. itself. <laughs> I did nothing. Yeah. I was going to go scream at Xfinity on Tuesday, but I had to work for like six hours, so I didn't have the time or patience. You sound more clear than you ever have. Well, that's good. I haven't paid my internet yet, so should probably do that. <laughs> Maybe or else it's going to be round two. Auto pay, baby, because I always forget. <laughs> Gotta love auto pay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, my pick. We talked about it last episode. Um, you guys didn't know what a parody movie was, so I figured I would show you a parody movie. Um, <laughs> okay. And so I picked wow. Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, starring John C. Riley, Jenna Fisher, Tim Meadows, Kristen Wiig. We know a, what a damn a lot parody of movie is. You were just trying to say that Shaolin Soccer was a parody movie, and it's not. Yeah, and that's a good No, I was, you morons, I was asking if it was. No, no. you claimed it was, you and then we said, it. no, it's not. And you're like, oh! <laughs> What? Well, I'll show you what a parody movie is. <laughs> well, as somebody that actually listens to the podcast, I distinctly remember not only saying it, not only hearing it on the edit, but also hearing it when it was released that I said, now, is this like, are they trying to go for like parody of like sports movies? Because if they were, I was like, I can see what they're going for and it's not too bad. 
once you guys were like it's not a parody movie you idiot and i'm like that's what i'm asking i said okay then it's worse yeah it's not a once parody. i finished my but this once was. i finished working on my carrots i'm gonna go listen to that episode okay good if you're your first time hearing it <laughs> jacob does have the most ears per episode with mm-hmm. the editing and the and the release of it all but so i do trust you but yes this was a full-on parody and a really yes. good one yes um we already kind of covered the first reaction, so I suppose I will just read the synopsis of it, and then we'll get into it. Singer Dewey Cox overcomes adversity to become a musical legend. Streaming on Hulu. Parody of Johnny Cash. And all musical biopics. Okay. We'll <laughs> see you on the other side. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Give him a minute, son. Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I done a bad thing. Cut my brother in half. It's not bad for your first time. The music. Of Dewey Cox Take my hand has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music. From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this dream. You're never gonna make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're gonna fail. Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Welcome to the top of a mountain, and you see it's a long, hard walk, but I will walk hard. Of the man who became a legend. Walk hard. The Beatles want to hang out, so I'm going to go do that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. This Christmas. I'm leaving you. You can take the children. But you leave me, my monkey. When it comes to music... I ain't good enough to follow Elvis. There's two things you need to know. I'm the king, and number two is... Look out, man! You see how close I came to your head? I can chop a man in half. I'm guilty as joy! No legend is bigger than Cox. You met my new wife, Cheryl Cox Teague? Thanks, buddy Holly. What do you think, George Harrison? The one, the only, Dewey Cox. Thank you, Eddie Vader. Walk hard. What happened to you, Dewey? I don't know, but I know what happened to you. Patrick Duffy took a beating. Walk hard. My life has been blessed, from my singing to my family to my sausage. It doesn't say Cox unless I say it tastes like Cox. Walk hard. I forget how he said it. Walk hard. I'm gonna. Walk hard. I'm very glad that you're not the one that this wrote those songs. This is my Johnny Cash voice. Doesn't he want to work in like the music field? Yeah, but not as a writer, because I don't walk hard enough. You're not writing the song. You're trying to recite a song that's already written. Yeah, I just listened <laughs> to it, too, like an hour ago. Anyways, here we are. That was the attempt to bring us in. Um, valiant effort. Thank you. Thank you. He- you could have pulled up the lyrics on your phone, but um, too much time. That's okay. So, what did we think? This is my second time watching this movie. Um, the first time, I absolutely loved it. I loved it probably as much this time. Um, I will say, I did not laugh out loud like I did the first time. Um, I don't know if that's just 
I watched it like I'm super busy, obviously, because no, everybody has quit at my company. And so I'm doing like a, a lot of the work. Me and one other person are the only people left. So maybe the stresses of that caused me not to laugh, but I still found it very entertaining. Really enjoyed it. Sage, initial thoughts. I didn't care for it. I don't think I laughed a single time the whole movie. You're crazy. Keep going. Though. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. It, I, I pretty much avoided this movie for a while and I had a few people say, Oh, you need to watch this movie. And I look it up and be like, this looks stupid as hell. And I just never watched it. And now I was forced to watch it and I'm still unimpressed. I do think you don't understand parody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that blatantly obvious parody like this is only appropriate in scary movie uh, movies outside of that. It's pretty much dumb and not worth the time. <laughs> okay. You're so aggressive <laughs> on this. This is a pretty funny movie. I, uh, Tate, yeah, what were your I'm initial being dead oh, serious. I, I, I'm being dead serious. I didn't laugh a single time. I was just sitting on my couch, like, red, just trying to get through it. Wow, that's crazy. You must not have a funny bone in your body. There no, was peak. one line that started to make me laugh, and it was just like I couldn't even tell you. It was the stupidest line. What was it? I want to know. I don't even remember. It was like 30 minutes into the movie. <laughs> There's a couple funny lines. Um. My first thoughts were I I thought it was pretty funny. I I mean, obviously, it's a parody, so it's like not going to be anything that's going to be a crazy good movie, uh, but it's entertaining, and I thought it did a really good job of being a parody. Uh, I didn't really... I mean, I, I definitely see the making fun of, like, Walk the Line and Johnny Cash, and I didn't see, like, the major tropes for a lot of music, like or musical biopics, but... Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? No, not Have really. You seen, I've seen but this was of it. pretty much blatantly walk the line. Like I've seen yeah, walk no, the line for sure. a few that's, times, and this was almost yeah, scene but the, for scene yes, but like, that's the that's their point is that like every single movie about a musician, especially from this time period, did this had this exact same journey. Where I get that, but like I mean, even go more micro than that. It was. M- even more directly walk the line. Oh yeah. It was yes, all like all this hard. He's not disagreeing. I know You're... if it followed the same tropes, but I wouldn't I'm in Tate's boat. I wouldn't say it was no, a general I just, I just arcing. don't think that I it was like pretty much step for step, stride for stride, walk uh, walk the line. Parody. I think we're all in agreement on that. I think what I was saying is that if there were other tropes that were pointing fun at other music um, biographies or autobiographies or biopics. biopics. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch them, but I think, but th- yeah, this was mainly obviously a walk the line, make fun. And that's the point we're making is that we don't see the exterior stuff, the, ex- the macro stuff. Have you guys seen a lot of musical well, biopics? Like, we did have you, have you seen podcast. Rocket Man and have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody or the two I've, newest ones, I've I like, suppose? seen half of bohemian rhapsody but it was kind of uh, yeah and then i've seen then the first movie we ever watched on this podcast was a yes. biopic musical biopic but barely remember it barely remember it <laughs> <laughs> but no i haven't seen rocket man there's been some other ones that i have seen for sure but those are the major ones but anywho um i liked it uh, i thought it was entertaining i thought it was funny at times it was definitely the kind of movie where like you check your phone every now and then because you're not like 
I mean, you feel like you know what's going to happen. You're like not super invested in the story, but it was still fun to watch. Yeah, I think like just the the structure of it, where it obviously starts out with like talking about the tragedy of what brought this person to music and what's in their songs and it, it rocket man uh john elton john had a rough upbringing brought him into music that type of thing like oh he's like super gifted as a kid um and yes obviously the i the first scene that makes me laugh out loud is it's everything leading up to the machete fight where they're just absolutely reckless and just not even close to getting hurt is just so funny to me whether they're welding and all the sparks are hitting the hay and it's just not even close to catching fire. They're riding the horse and tractor like at 80 miles per hour right at each other. Just so funny. Oh, and I loved the line where he was just like, what do you want to be when you grow up? He was like, I want to be a orchestrator and a doctor or something like that. And or it, a baseball. Player. And I'm going to play professional baseball. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm going to be an astronaut and go to the moon. Gotta love kids. <laughs> But no, the first line I think that made me so there's there's as we kind of go throughout the movie, there's I'll point out the ones that made me like laugh out loud. The first one that made me laugh out loud was after the machete like he took the machete and cut him in half. And he was just like, Oh boy, this don't do look too good for being cut in half or something like that. <laughs> was, it's, a, it's a for being cut in half, it looks pretty bad. Yeah. Dewey, I'm cutting or that's what that was what it was. Dewey, I'm cutting in half pretty bad. Yeah, Dewey, I'm cutting half pretty bad. And then the doctor comes in and he's like that was the other thing that made me laugh. When the doctor came in and he was just like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to tell you this, but we weren't able to surge the, the bottom half to the top half. And he's like, speak English, doctor. Come on. And he's like, We're not scientists. Yeah, and he's like, your son's he, dead. And then the doctor's just like, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like, no. Damn. The wrong kid died. Yeah, that was very the wrong the kid. Line. That was, a, I, every time he said it, it was funny. But that was the first scene that I actually like lulled pretty hard. I was just like, damn, that's, I was like, they played that out really well. The writing obviously was really good in this movie, but, and that joke was written very well, but they acted it out and played it out perfectly. (laughs) But yeah. I also love, then we flash to 14 year old John C. Riley. Yes. That was 14 year old Dewey Cox. And they didn't even, and it goes over to, yeah, they didn't have a middle person. That was just, it was just instantly John C. Riley. He's just two feet taller than everybody. And he's, he says something about, I'm only 14. And you're like, I mean, come on, this is perfect. Like having him play the 14 year old up until the 72 year old was just a brilliant move in my opinion. And yeah, well, I feel like that's the move by the director where they're just like, all right, we need to get somebody that's like, looks like a a teenage version of John C. Riley to be this middle person. And then somebody's finally like, fuck it. This is a parody. We're playing a big, huge joke. Just throw John C. Riley in there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool. I love it. And like, it's even a parody of like, to me, that's saying like, it's trying to parody the whole, like, um, uh, like whether it be like super old kids, like that are like 25 playing high schoolers and like Friday night lights, like those people were like 25 years old trying to play like freshman in high school. Yeah. And you're like, I, I guess I like, 
you, you buy into it because everybody looks the same age and for him to be next to a bunch of actual 14 years old, year olds was perfect. Yeah. Well, and then, wow, we're just rolling through scene by scene right now. That was pretty funny. Sage, I don't, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for you to chime in at one of these and say that was pretty good. But when he goes up on stage and sings his first song and his dad is pissed. Take, take my hand. Take my hand. We're going to walk through the park. And it just shows the girls like rip open <laughs> and like they're slowly getting up and like yeah. dancing and like as the audience you're kind of like oh are they about to boo them but like you're like oh the kids are like dancing and you're like put yourself like oh this is supposed to be in like the 40s or 50s and like obviously dancing bad like dancing is the devil's thing and the parents are just appalled yeah but then I like how yeah the preacher just stands up and he's like this is devil's music and then he gets socked <laughs> in the face punched. and then there's just this big <laughs> fight that happens and the whole time he's still up there just going like sing take my song. hand yeah <laughs> and he's like what did you mean what do you think he meant by take my hand <laughs> diet i was just don't sing a song about i wanted to take my hand he's like i will not have the devil's work in my house you know who else says hands the devil <laughs> <laughs> yeah sage none of this hit a funny bone for you no no oh, oh, that's gosh. crazy we need to be in the same room for this one because mm-hmm me and Jacob would have made you laugh a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I can't quite remember exactly what happens next, but pretty soon we get my favorite running bit of maybe any movie of he walks in on. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. Um, um, Tim Meadows and is like, get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit-forming. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it you can't od on it it's not gonna make me want to have sex is it it makes sex even better sounds kind of expensive it's the cheapest drug there is hmm you don't want it i think i kind of want it okay but just this once come on in (laughs) that whole scene made me laugh so hard this is i did laugh at this <laughs> yeah most of the kids they were both <laughs> by so laughing and chuckle i was like that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah. and then the cocaine he's like what is that it's gonna make me feel sad he's like no it turns your sad feelings into happy ones he's like i don't want none of that cocaine yeah cocaine the funniest part about the marijuana was he was like I don't know. It sounds like I kind of want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. And then he's like, I think I do. And then, yeah. yeah, that one is. So that was the. So number one was that earlier scene with the machete that I laughed out loud. Number two was that scene with the marijuana because it just perfectly describes like <laughs> someone like talking about marijuana that doesn't know anything. He's just like, well, I'm not sure I want to hang over. <laughs> I I did forget. I I now remember what came before this was the part with um, Kristen Wiig. No, well, yes, There's but all the warehouse guy. What the heck's his name? Um, oh, warehouse God. guy from The Office. I hate him so much. 
He's such oh, a wannabe singer. He's so Craig good. Robinson. Wow, Craig Robinson is so fucking good. I hate him. Did you ever watch Brooklyn Anything Nine-Nine? he's ever in, he forces the fact. He tries to force the fact that he's a good singer and he's not. And it's so musician too. And he's not. And it's really annoying. He's not bad. He's not as good as he thinks he is. Every movie, every TV show, there has to be a singing bit and he's not good. <laughs> yeah, but that annoying. scene was pretty good. <laughs> My first note in this was actually, I made a note for all of the famous people that I saw in this movie that I did not see originally in like the cast. And the first one was Chris Parnell. And then the, also mm-hmm. the guy from um, Sage, one of the Jewish guys, was the guy from Silicon Valley. Yes. Um, Martin Starr. Yeah. Like the the uh, the really quiet, the, weird one. Like actual Silicon bearded Valley. guy. He looks like Matt Walsh from oh, The Daily yeah. Wire. Yeah, he was yeah, one he of was the Jewish it. guys. He's in the yeah. Spider-Man movies. And this was like well before Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, the, whatever the guy that was in the recording booth that they were saying, they're like, oh, this song sucks. Um, he's not going to be like, he. yeah, we're about to kick him out unless he plays a good song. That guy's also, I don't know his name, but he's in like a ton of things. Yeah, wasn't that Parnell? No, Chris Parnell was the, like the cello player or whatever. In the oh, band. that's right. You're right. Um, God, what's his name? I'm looking. I feel like he's like a news anchor in a lot of movies. Oh, and one of the one of the guys was played by Harold Harold Ramis um, from Ghostbusters. He wrote Ghost, Ghostbusters, wrote Groundhog Day, Stripes. Um, no, that was Chris Parnell. Chris I Parnell think. was in his band. No, mm, Theo. Okay, maybe it's the DJ was Jack McBrayer, who was in Talladega Nights. No, not Jack McBrayer. I know. But he wasn't this. Um, oh, wait. Was it? What the fuck is his name? God. It wasn't this guy, right? No. John Michael Higgins? That kind of sounds right. Pull it up. No, Patrick Duffy. No. Yeah. John I, Michael Higgins. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick Duffy kind of looks like an older him, though. Look at this. Uh, and see, that's that's the problem. Is it was yeah, um, John Michael Higgins? Look at he this, was Look at Patrick Duffy. Looks like an older him. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Okay. Yeah, that man. I've seen him in a ton of movies and a ton of things, but yep, could not ever put a name to that face. Um, he was in Pitch Perfect. Yes, man. Like this is a who's who of like two thousands comedies with all the cameos, and we'll get to my favorite cameo scene. There's a really good cameo scene soon. Um, here's another cameo: Jack White uh, from the White Stripes played Elvis. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, he did really uh, good. Yeah, and that's who uh, Frankie Muniz was. Uh, I mentioned him last Buddy episode. Holly. Was Buddy Holly? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I like that scene when he was just like, you mean there's going Buddy Holly and then (laughs) Elvis Presley and then I'm going after them? (laughs) Just some of the biggest names. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Okay. So shortly after that was the weed scene. And then Jenna Fisher comes in. In my dreams, you're blowing me some kisses. go down in history that's what I'm praying to do with you let's do it 
and sings probably the funniest song in the movie. Talk about writing that song (laughs) and the, the, even though it's not PC, the midget one was really funny. But (laughs) the the duet one was written so well. (laughs) Like it made me laugh almost every time when he was like, I don't even, I can't even repeat some of the, some of the lines that he had, but they were so perfectly written with like the pause and then he'd finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. God, that was so good. Also, Did that fun, song not make you laugh, Sage? No. Fun fact, we've met Jenna Fisher at, um, tennis tournament? at a tennis tournament. Indian Wells. Yeah. She said happy yeah. birthday to me. This is birthday. like, obviously, this probably. Like peak office, office days. Yes, peak office days and like hot, hot Jenna Fisher. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's gorgeous. I don't know what she looks like now, but yeah, she is gorgeous. It was kind of awkward in hindsight, though. I felt kind of yeah, bad. We kind of forced it. We forced it, and then a couple other people said hi to her, and then she and her husband left, and you're like, that might have been the wrong move. Yeah, but that's why nice I just I said hi to her. That's why I just told Peyton Manning that I was a big fan and walked away when I saw him at the airport. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's you times where you just got to give, yeah. Especially if so, nobody else has noticed them. Well, what you, that's what led up to it was Brooklyn Jenner, Andy Roddick's wife, was walking up the staircase like, in, and we were not on the Jenner, edge of the, not Jenner, Brooklyn Decker, Decker. Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, sorry. Wow, Brooklyn that sounded Decker. so weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, we were Brooklyn watching Jenner. Roddick. Yeah, Brooklyn Decker. <laughs> we were watching Brooklyn Roddick. Jenner. Probably doesn't even <laughs> exist, but Brooklyn Decker. <laughs> We were watching Roddick, and then his match ended, and Brooklyn Decker was walking up the staircase, and I was like, oh my god, that's Brooklyn Decker, and no one was saying anything. I don't think anyone knew who she was, and but I was like, still like cover of Sports I was Illustrated. Like, that's Brooklyn Decker, that's Brooklyn Decker, and then I asked her, I was like, hey, Brooklyn Decker, can we get a photo? And she was so excited. It seemed like yeah, she we were the first nice. people to recognize who she was, and we got a photo with her, and then I think that got our egos up. And we were like, oh, we could go talk to anyone. And then we ruined it with Jenna Fisher and she left. Jenna Fisher, so. not happy. Brooklyn Decker, sorry, very Jenna. Happy. Super sorry about that. I got I got what I needed with Brooklyn Decker. So I feel bad about that. Anywho, it was fun to fun to see Jenna Fisher because I was like, wow, I've met mm-hmm. her. But good voice too. She was great, yeah. Well, and he sang <laughs> the whole time too. Yes. And that's what I like a lot about this movie is that um ooh was not her voice oh damn he sang the whole time yeah i know he's he was a decent voice. he was in a best picture winning movie where he had a whole song called chicago did not like that movie not a good musical but so i i knew that he could sing um not her voice unfortunately that makes me sad it was angela correa um but that shortly leads into the cocaine and then passing out during a performance, classic music, Johnny Cash. I think they even do that in Walk the Line. I think that yeah. like, is the actual thing that happened to him. Drug or seventies busted with drugs. Absolute too. mayhem. There's a lot in that um, like middle section that I did definitely tune out more to mm-hmm. after like the first 30, 40 minutes. Um, just cause it felt like very repetitive of like, he's in his career, he's doing a bunch of drugs not like <laughs> yeah married 
<laughs> two times. That was a funny little scene. <laughs> this sex scene makes me laugh so hard when he comes out of the bathroom and does the rawr. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, I feel like there's a lot in there that I totally tuned out for, or like mm-hmm. at least it brushed over and I just like details in there I definitely missed. But um, it just seemed like a lot of drugs, music, famousness. Yeah. But. Yep. Covering a whole 60 years. Yep. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what, it, what I guess we can just kind of keep running down the movie. Well, then um, it like, so then it gets to one of my favorite cameo scenes, which we're, I think referencing earlier where, cause there's a lot of people that show up in this movie that are pretty big names, which I'm so surprised by. But then we run into the Beatles. We're nothing but grains of sand. That was freaking transcendental Paul McCartney. Don't you agree, John Lennon? Yes, Dewey Cox. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. What do you think, George Harrison, of the Beatles? I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to get some more songs on the album. You know. And as Ringo Starr, I'm not so interested in meditation. I just like to have fun. <laughs> I like the little one. <laughs> so dark in this tent, you know, it reminds me when we, the Beatles, the four Beatles, mm. us. From Liverpool. Yeah, yes, we are from, from Liverpool. Liverpool. We used to play those dark clubs in Hamburg. Remember that ball? Of course I do. I booked him. I'm the leader of the Beatles. But I have to say, I like your stuff. It's pretty good, and uh, most of your records I really enjoy. Well, we're big fans of your records, too. We like to think that Hard Day's Night is our guilty as charged. Great record. Excellent album. We learned a lot from it. Great record. Well, we're real big fans of y'all. Huge fans. You guys are almost as good as the monkeys. You guys are great. <laughs> like the when they're all going to take LSD... And it was Paul Rudd, Jack Black, <laughs> the fucking guy from there's Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, the guy from D- Darling, Darjeeling, and yep, and Justin Long. Justin Long, that's his name. Wow, he yep. was he was good too in that. Little. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love the Beatles. It, it was so funny. Sage, did you not like the Beatles part? No, I didn't. You had yeah. to have. Even, oh at least, my god! You had to have at least liked the cast playing the Beatles. I don't really know what the Beatles look like, except Paul McCartney. I mean, they pretty much nailed it. They kind of did. And like, it was, there were so many funny, like, if you like know the Beatles, there were so many funny jokes about that. Like the one that comes to my mind is when, um, uh, John Lennon is like, are you still going to like these? Um, are your songs still going to be shit when I'm like, 74 years old or whatever like that's an obvious like oh he's about to get assassinated thing (laughs) wow damn didn't think about that (laughs) and then the lsd trip it just goes full animated (laughs) and they're like just don't have any bad thoughts yeah (laughs) you don't want a bad trip (laughs) and he's like i had a bad thought (laughs) and they're like oh no (laughs) he like wakes up And they come in from the side and then the like other guy just like slides in, like just not how a slide in would work. Yeah. And it was just, so, I, the whole Beatles part in India was just so funny. Yeah. That was a great scene. That was a very good scene. I think the, it just also, well, and I do like how it followed walk the line. Cause now we're kind of getting to the end. I feel like I, I like how it followed walk the line as far as <laughs> when the very first scene when he's just like, Mr. Dewey Cox, are you, are you ready? And he's just like, Son, give him a minute. He's thinking about his entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
just saying that line like <laughs> is almost every like biopic ever mm-hmm. about music especially music but mm-hmm. where like and especially in the walk the line i think because that's isn't how the that how opens. james the james brown one started where it, it was him about really to give old. like a performance when he was old and then yeah probably pretty much yeah <laughs> And so, like, I just think that was really funny that they at least mm-hmm. mentioned it where they're just like, you're about to go on. He's just like, wait, son, give him a minute to think about his entire life. And then it ends finally with him about to, like, go on stage. And he's like, I'm ready now. I, th- <laughs> I like how they poked fun at that. But, um, yeah, the whole end was kind of boring, I thought, to me. Like, it, it mellowed out. All the funny stuff happened, it felt like. Um, and there's nothing. They did like- have, like, if if you know about like the 60s and 70s and like the type of music that was going on then they nailed all of that perfectly and they're like there was one line that was about um it was i think when they got back from india and they were having a birthday party and john c Riley was in there like trying to write a song and uh jenna fisher comes in and she's like what are you doing we have to get up back to this party and he's like but there's just so many injustices being done to people and i just hate it she's like well what do you mean dewey cox and he's like just all of the terrible to like women and midgets are just injustices being injustices (laughs) and she's like uh you're right the 60s is a very important part of the american history yeah (laughs) and then when he like finally like one of it like is trying to do his masterpiece with the goats and the australian didgeridoos and whatnot it's that was just such a good play off of like the whole we are the world movement and that song and just trying to combine like everything into one thing to try to be like world encompassing yeah that that song about like yeah those midges was like made me laugh very which i mean it's probably bad but it made me laugh a lot <laughs> like it was <laughs> insane i think it was mostly funny though because it was just him taking a break from his normal stuff singing about the injustices in the world <laughs> and then there was all like the dwarves with their signs that were like short power. <laughs> he he's at the press conference and somebody asks him, uh, "People are saying that you just sound exactly like Bob Dylan. What do you have? How do you respond to that?" And he's like, "Well, why don't they say him Bob Dylan sounds like uh, Dewey Cox? Because I think he does." And like that was just and he he did such a great Bob Dylan impression too. That was actually really good. I I did enjoy that. He's just saying the most absurd lyrics of all time. And he's like, what the fuck is Dewey saying? And the other guy's like, stop it. These are the best lyrics of all time. They're emotional and they have so much metaphorical impact on the world. I was like, yeah, that is just Bob Dylan. And it just goes back to him and he's just like, and a monkey wants a banana. (laughs) Whoever, I mean, writing in general is really good, but whoever wrote the songs in this movie, deserves a huge round of applause i believe let's see because they nailed it um, from like a, a, a melody standpoint with hitting comedy it was kind of a bunch of people but john c Riley, judd apatow and jay kasdan apatow and kasdan were the writers kasdan was the director um and let's see marshall crenshaw helped write walk hard let's duet was charlie wadhams and benji hughes um a lot of it is kind of those names it looks like um but yeah they were just so spot on and i watched uh this is gonna be kind of it's gonna make sense but i watched a documentary on sesame street 
Um, I think it's called Street Gang. It's on HBO Max, and it's very it's a very good documentary. But um, they did a part about like there was pretty much like one guy that wrote the majority of like the songs on Sesame Street, and he would write like fifteen songs a day, and it was crazy. And like a lot of it would be like the parody stuff. I know they, I think they got sued by the Beatles for, um, oh, I wish I could remember the song. Let me look it up. This is actually making me laugh right now reading because I didn't really know what the fuck I was listening to. But here are some of the lines. I think this is the song Royal Jelly, Bob Dylan one. That's right. Yep. Rim job, fairy, teapots, master temper tantrum, stuffed cabbage is the darling of the laundromat. And the sorority mascot sat with the lumberjack, pressing, passing, stinging half synthetic fabric of his time. The mouse with the overbite explained how the rabbits were ensnared. And the skinny, scanty, silk trash, the apothecary diplomat inside the three eyed monkey within inches of his toaster oven life. Explain how the rabbits were ensnared. In the skinny, skinny, self-thrash, the apothecary diplomat Inside the three-eyed monkey within inches of his toaster oven life In my mind, I'm half blind Good, I'm glad we got a good that's, laugh that's, that's, that's actually pretty fucking funny now Now they get to know what he was saying <laughs> That is Bob Dylan in a nutshell <laughs> explains how the rabbits are ensnared that's just one that's just one verse there's like three more verses um the the beatles sesame street song was obviously letter b letter b letter b yeah do you get it l-e-t-t-e-r-b yeah (laughs) letter b there's well, there's um, um, one other one that. Wow, actually, that, yeah. The more I think playoff. about that Bob Dylan scene, did really get me. That that was a funny one. That, that one and the drugs are probably the two that got me. Wow, those lyrics that you just read got me. <laughs> and I can't believe that's real. This is a joke. <laughs> oh shit! Very funny. All right, um, finally laughed. There you go. Good. I'm happened. happy. I'm very happy that you laughed. Um, then he does a TV variety show, which again was a great parody of like the 60s, 70s type of thing where like the monkeys had their own TV show. Well, that was another cameo that was not cameo. Yes, Jane Lynch. Yeah. I don't know if you even call these cameos enough at this point. Definitely cameo. But yeah. Jane yeah, Lynch was definitely a cameo. Beatles awesome. were definitely a cameo. And I loved every question that she asked was just the most depressing question to answer for him. <laughs> and she was just like, don't worry, we'll cut out all the depressing stuff. <laughs> What did? Oh, well, okay. Do you ever get a chance to stop and smell the roses? I can't smell. And yeah. she's like, God damn it. That would have been a good fucking thing to know. Yeah. I think from like, oh, how's you and your wife? We divorced years ago. Oh, okay. Well, I'm actually in the middle of a divorce suit. Um, she's trying to make me take custody of the kids, and I just don't think that's right. <laughs> Shouldn't if I don't want them, I don't have to take them. Shouldn't be forced to take custody of your kids. Um, yes, and then we get into the whole like he does the PCP. That was I. That was the physical comedy of the two thousands. Whether it's like the Talladega Nights type of stuff, 
where now it's not quite as funny, but I still find it amusing because I have a sense of humor. Man, the- but uh, and, and then we get to the like slower part of the movie of him reflecting on his life and being like, oh, I need to reconnect with my kids and whatnot. I did. And like then he can smell made again. It, made it like they played off the joke of just how many kids he has. Yeah. That was good. That was really good. And then, then he can smell again. Yeah. He's smelling Which, horse shit. Was there anything with Johnny Cash that he was like, couldn't smell or he didn't have a sense? Is there anything? No. Was that just random? Yes. That they threw that mm-hmm. in there? In, in direct relation to Johnny Cash, yes. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, I have no idea if like Johnny Cash actually had something that he like didn't have a sense or he didn't like. I don't think so. I don't so. know where that came from, but if that was just out of the blue, then that makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just uh they probably were just like, we need another joke somewhere. Like, we need another running gag. And they're like, ooh, what if he can't smell? That's a weird one to or, throw in. but Or, or maybe, like, because like, I, I would love to obviously be able to talk to Judd Apatow. But to just ask somebody the questions of, like, how how did, like, this, like, bit start? Like, was it somebody came up with the funny snowball? line that his mom yeah. tells him, like, Oh, oh no! You've gone smell blind. Yeah. <laughs> or was it like a, um, like after the talent show, the mom's like, "Oh, that was so good, and you did that all, even though you can't smell." And he's like, he said something funny about it. Like, I, I bet you one of those jokes they thought of, and they were like, "Okay, we got to put this through the whole thing." Yeah. Or it was even the very last one with the whatever her name is that you said, where she was like, "Oh, and smell the roses." And they're like, oh, what, how can we make this interview go really bad? And say, mm-hmm. oh, he can't smell. Mm-hmm. And then they. So we, we then get into the um, end of the movie where we started from the beginning. And we uh, see Jackson Brown, Jewel, and Lyle Lovett singing Walk Hard. I love Lyle Lovett and Jewel, for that matter. But um, do you guys know who Ghostface Killa is? Fuck yeah. Is he a big rapper? Ghostface Killer, baby. I think he's part of the I don't know any of the names you just said. Especially Ghost. No, Jewel. Jewel was the gal that was singing. I don't know. She was she was huge in the nineties. Can you sing Um, a song? No, I couldn't I can't tell you a single song that she sang. (laughs) But I I, I just know Jewel. I think Wait, so Ghostface uh, Killer was in this movie? Yeah, he was the rapper at the end. He was the rapper at the end? Wow, I've, I've yeah, never that seen that came like on stage. I think he's Wu Tang. Oh, really? I think he's part of Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah, Ghostface Killer. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely part of Wu Tang. He was the rapper at the end. Yeah. Wow. I think she is she now. She's a judge of something. Whether it's American Idol, I know she did a stint on American Idol, but it, she might be on America's Got Talent or something like that too, or maybe Dancing with the Stars. I don't know, but she's a relatively big name. They all were. Jackson Brown's big too. Not Katanji. Wow, did you guys know that John C. Riley also played guitar in this entire film? Wow. That's I like that. Yeah. He sings and plays guitar. John C. Riley is awesome. He's top five. He's so good. Top five comedy. Top five comedy for sure. Top five, top five. Dude, like he's he's low-key good like drama stuff too. Like he doesn't do a whole lot of it anymore. But like he was in um Bull Durham. Um, Chicago wasn't a comedy role, but he, he was in like serious movies at points of his he life. He was really good in Sisters Brothers. 
He was pretty good, yeah, in that. That was I actually a recent that. recent drama role for him. Because he was serious in that one. I think that's the only serious one I've seen. And I was like, this is stupid. Why is he in a serious movie? And I watched and I was like, wow, he actually did maybe as good or better than Joaquin Phoenix. I was yeah, I was told that he did a lot of drama and serious stuff before well before comedy. Mm-hmm. Which is hard to imagine that he like did drama and then got into comedy. Like somebody at one <laughs> yeah. point was just like, "You're a really he funny made the mistake man. of doing Step Brothers and then just niched himself, niched himself, yeah, into comedy for the rest of his in. life." Except for what was Step Brothers? That was after this, wasn't it? No way, Step Brothers had to been like no oh five eight after really. Mm-hmm. When was this? Two thousand seven. This was before Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? That's really weird. When was Talladega Nights? Was that after Step Brothers? That was 2006. When was um, Blades of Glory? No, he wasn't in Blades of Glory. Yeah, Talladega Nights was 2006. Okay. Wait, so really? Talladega Nights was, oh, I thought Talladega Nights that, was after. I, I had those backwards. I thought Step Brothers was before Yeah, Talladega. I thought Step Brothers was first. Damn. So Talladega was his first Will, Will uh, Ferrell movie? I almost said Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slap you for that. <laughs> Uh, let's find out here. Will's um, names, Will Smith's name, out your fucking mouth. Out your mouth. fucking mouth. <laughs> Get Will Smith's name out your fucking mouth. Will do. Will do. Okay. Okay. I'm going to. <laughs> let's see. Am I on actor? <laughs> yes, I am. I was looking up the rest of the cast for this film. And... You know the girl that like he first smokes reefer with, the total babe. Yeah, it just has her character name as Reefer Girl. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, I believe so. Oh yeah, he was in Gangs of New York too. Very serious role in that. Have you guys seen that one? No. No. Scorsese. That would be a good Daniel one. Day Lewis. Uh, Leo Cameron Diaz. Why didn't yes, we watch I, I believe. I believe this was his first um, post Talladega comedy. Oh, that's where I've totally seen Reefer Girl. Yes. She was in a TV show I watched called Banshee. This one, um, her name yes. or her character name was Teen with Pinups. I would love to just be like the person in the writing room that's just like, all right, fuck, what are we going to name this character? Uh, I don't know. Harmonica player. Um, I low key really liked. Beautiful Ride, the last song that he sings. Now that I have lived a lifetime's worth of days, finally I see the folly of my ways. So listen when I sing of the temptations of this world, fancy cars and needles. Whiskey, flesh, and pearl. And then in the end, it's family and friends. Loving yourself, but not only yourself. It's about the good walk and the hard walk and the young girls you made cry. It's about make a little music every day till you die. Beautiful ride. I thought it was like kind of a good song until he like gets into the list thing about like what you what life should be about. 
was like, oh, this is kind of a nice little song. <laughs> that, that was the other note that I did make is I laughed pretty hard when she when he was just like, I'm guilty as charged. And then she was like, don't you? And he's like, that'd be such a good song name. <laughs> and then like right after that, when he was just like, he's like, or she's like, I'm leaving you. And that's a good song name too. And he was like crying. He's like, it is a good song <laughs> it name. It is a good song name. <laughs> and then right after that, he comes out with the song Guilty as Charged. Oh God, I forgot about that. Before he walks on stage. Um, oh, I guess even before that, when the band leaves him and everybody's got all their gripes and Tim Meadows' only gripe is, and he didn't, and he never once paid for drugs. Yeah. And he says that never like once <laughs> every single time. Um but when he's you know, he sees Tim Meadows again, he's like, you want this Viagra? He's like, no, I can't su- succumb to the temptations. And he walks out and the temptations are singing. Yeah. <laughs> I just love stuff like that. And he's like, oh, the temptations. I just love every time there's a new drug. He was just like, you can't do this. And then he would just talk about all like the benefits of the drug. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, uh, the pills. We're doing pills, uppers and downers. Yeah. It's the next logical step in your career. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, all right. Um, and then the post credit scene. I don't know if you guys stuck around for the post credit scene. <laughs> it was just a video, a black and white video of John C. Riley playing the guitar and singing walk hard. And it says the actual Dewey Cox. Sage, did you watch it? <laughs> no, absolutely. I did not stay long enough for that. Uh, wow. I did not. I loved it. Damn. How funny is that? The actual Dewey Cox, which is, it's just like the perfect little cherry on top at the very end. Damn. I'm going to go back and watch that right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I did like the whole Dewey Cox died three minutes later. Was that at the end of the movie? That was at the end of the movie. That was like the text that yeah. popped up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it like did the they freeze frame. Fallen. And then he's like. I definitely was looking at my phone a lot in the last like minute or two. <laughs> um, I got nothing else. Looks, I don't think I do either. Looks like this movie had a $35, or $35 million budget. $35. $35 dollars budget. <laughs> John C. Riley got 30 of those $5. Um <laughs> And it grossed twenty million, so that's a big oof. Yeah, super big flop. In my opinion, very underrated. I feel like so many people haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean that's a big budget for this. It seems like, but there was also um, a lot of fucking. That doesn't seem in. like they had like every fucking giant name in the two thousands in this movie. I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised at how many. Big names There's were so many movie. names, but I also think that these were a lot of names that were even like, Jonah Hill was the dead, yeah, and wow, yeah. his say that nightmares. Yeah. But I like, think that like Jonah Hill was still, I mean, a lot of these people I think were at the beginning of their careers, not, not a lot of them. some of no them. way, you're misremembering. John's, it's okay, John C. Riley was like in the beginning of his comedy career, ish. Kristen yeah. Wiig yeah. was definitely at the beginning, well, he beginning by height. Like once Talladega Nights hit, like John C. Riley, yeah, everyone he, he knew who John C. Riley like was. That was in yeah. the middle of Office. Office came out in like two thousand four or five. Jenna no Fisher way. is like, yeah. Is that when the first Office, Office was? The Office American started in Office? like 04, 05. No, yeah. mm-hmm. Google it, Jacob. Yeah, absolutely. No way. I would. I'll bet you. I will say that this is at like the beginning of Jenna Fisher's. Like, I bet you she was a Ooh, maybe a year. Do you guys want to do a TV bet? 
I'll say 2006. When it started, when the first season aired? Yeah. 2006 or 2007 is my guess. Uh, I would go, yeah, I'll go 2004. Well, you're both wrong. 2005. Was it 2005? Okay. It yes, based. that's what you said. Okay, so she I was... said 2004, 2005. It you just said, okay, I'll go 2004. You didn't... I was waiting for you to say 2005. It was a 50-50. So she was in like the beginning. And I went heads I... and it was tails. Tim Meadows is one that was definitely well into his career. Mm-hmm. Chris Parnell definitely oh, yes. well into it. Um, a lot of the cameos, I feel like they barely had their scenes. Or like the very but short Jack scenes. Black, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, Jonah yeah, Hill, Jack Black, all these all those. fucking people. Yeah. What did you say Sports the budget was? Thirty-five million. Yeah, the budget for Talladega Nights was seventy-two point five. Oh wow! Yeah, that's way bigger. That's um, and like Judd Apatow was like, he was the guy. Like, I think we went over it last time about all of the movies that he produced and wrote. But um, so is this one of those movies you think that all the actors just really like him and they like the project, so they're willing to jump yeah, in like, and have this they, short scene? They for certainly got paid, I'm sure, but it probably wasn't. They probably gave him all a little bit of a discount because they're like, we think we're doing a good thing and we like Judd Apatow. It's not that much work. I'd be so curious to see, like, on an average movie, like big time movie, I like over X amount how much of it, like what percentage of the budget goes towards paying the actors and what percentage goes towards like editing or like sound and things like that. Cause I feel like out of this 35, 80% probably went towards actors and a short amount. I don't know what I just threw that random number out there, but like a majority went towards actors and a small minority went towards like editing post editing. Cause mm-hmm. they probably didn't have that much to do editing wise afterwards. By the time this came out, Judd Apatow had already written 40-Year-Old Virgin, Fun of the Dick and Jane, Knocked Up, and then he did Walk Hard. Um, but that's just writing credits. He was a producer on a lot as well. Um, let's see. He's a funny man. He's married um, to the Red... Isla Fisher? Gorgeous, gorgeous, oh, no, he's not. Red, isn't he? No, Isla Fisher's uh, married to Borat. Amy Adams? Hmm. I don't know who you're um, talking about. Let's see. He had produced Anchorman, um, Kicking and Screaming, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Talladega Nights, Knocked Up, Super Bad, all before uh, Walk Hard. So he, he'd been... He's a big name. People know that what he's doing pretty much is high quality. Oh, Leslie Mann. Bitch. Leslie he's married Mann's to Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann's a babe. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Leslie Mann is that. I'm pretty sure that is her. But I'm yep. just... His daughter's in a lot of stuff, too, and a lot of Judd Apatow stuff. Maude Apatow. Maude is her name? Mm-hmm. It's a cool name. Funny guy gets the gill. Yeah, Leslie Mann. That's the, Tate was in love. Tate probably is still in love with I Leslie I do Mann. love Leslie Mann, yeah. She's yeah. a goddess amongst okay. gods. <laughs> <laughs> we got anything else? Nah. Do you want me to read some of those, some more of those? Yes. Bob Dylan <laughs> lyrics. Fake Bob Dylan lyrics. Wait, were those fake or real? No, those were from those, the movie. Those, yeah, those are from the movie. Oh, that was from the movie? Yes, I, I knew that you Bob Dylan. thought they were actual Bob Dylan <laughs> I missed lyrics. you. I was looking at my phone while you were 
reading no. <laughs> leading up to it. Oh my god, I thought that was actual Bob Dylan. That's why I was laughing so hard. You're the worst. Damn. You're the worst. Never Damn. mind. He okay, read me him. some normal Bob Dylan. Oh, you 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 want real Bob Dylan lyrics, Tate? Yeah, that's what I thought he was doing. That's why I thought it was so funny. I was like, no way. I don't listen to Bob Dylan that much, if ever. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. That's a, yes, that's and good. how many years must a mountain exist before it is washed to the sea? And how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head and pretend that he just doesn't see? The Damn. answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. That's good. The answer is blowing in the wind. That's fucking good. That's yes, top and how many right? times must a man look up before he can see the sky? And how many ears must one man have before he can hear people cry? Wow. Yes, and how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? Wow. The answer, my friend... Is blowing, blowing in the in wind. The, wind. Damn. the answer is blowing in the wind. Damn, dude, that's deep. Have you never have you never heard that song? No. That's a lie. <laughs> I mean, I maybe have if I heard it in song format, but you've never what, what, what? There's no physical way that is you that have never heard the song. Yes, that you've yeah. never heard "Blowing in the Wind" by Bob Dylan. It's like it's in like every movie, it, and it's got to be one of the top ten most famous songs of all time. I've probably heard it, but I didn't recognize it based off. I'm the, pretty sure it's in Forrest were, Gump. The way you were just talking about it. Would you say this? the answer, what? my friend, is blowing in the wind? I just don't know if I can believe you sometimes. I don't know if I want to believe you sometimes. I can turn anyone into a beach bomb. <laughs> Is this it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think Watchmen. Is this in mm-hmm. Watchmen when they're doing the Vietnam War scene? Yep. Yeah. I think it's also in Forrest Gump. I'm sure it is. It's in like everything. Yeah. Those are some good lyrics though. I don't know why they're poking fun at Bob Dylan then. I mean, their lyrics are really, really funny that you read earlier, but. (laughs) Those lyrics are fucking funny. (laughs) They're very funny. But Bob Dylan's kind of notorious for being kind of stretchy with his metaphors. and Yeah. Just a terrible voice really too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know i gotta go blend these boiled carrots all right let's get to well. scores from the aggregators a 6.8 out of 10 on imdb a 74 percent on rotten tomatoes and a 63 on metacritic i can go first this actually got uh i don't do stupid tate things so I'll give it a <laughs> hmm. That's fair. I'll give it a 16 point bump. 10 points Whoa. for how, reminding me how funny the Bob Dylan scene was. That was really fucking funny. Big bump. 
and an extra six point bump for the impressive guitar playing and singing by John C. Riley. But it's not going to be great. It's still 46 out of 100. Whoa. But it was originally a 30. I would. I really I thought you were going to say 16. When you said 16 point, I was like, you can't get into decimals here. I thought you were going to say like 16.5. I was like, what? No. Like, I. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the movie. I will never watch it again. I probably won't recommend it to people. But I do respect John C. Riley for both singing and playing the guitar that is very clutch the drug scenes were definitely the funniest scenes of the whole movie and the bob dylan scene i forgot how funny that scene was outside of that i really didn't laugh at this movie i didn't think it was that funny so 46 out of 100 damn i thought you're gonna go a little higher than that um i'm gonna go Seventy, I liked it. Um, I, I think if I watched it again, I would not rate it that high. But first time seeing it, it was pretty fucking funny. Um, and yeah, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. So seventy. You guys are crazy. This is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Still, even after one watch, it did fall two points. Um, but I still love this movie. I think it is. Um. I, I think it's just so clever in so many different ways. I am giving it a 91. Whoa. I, I respect that. I will never accept shit about Shaolin Soccer again. That is fucking psychotic. I'm going to drop mine to a 36. Not actually, but that is so crazy. It's it, I had it I had it rated as a 93 like a year ago. So it's not like I'm just like making this up or like doing it because you guys gave low scores. June seventh, twenty twenty. I gave it a ninety three out of a hundred. So, I I I got a lot of respect. I feel like with like this type of comedy, this is like I put in the same boat as like Hubie Halloween, where I it's I don't know. It's hard to ever compare it. It's like hard to ever because I enjoyed it a lot. And I feel like if I ever go on like pure enjoyment for every film, then a lot of them will get like nineties or like twenties. But if I have to like kind of rank them against all each other, then these ones have a certain bar or like threshold that they like can't ever get over. Um, and so for me, like this is a really, really good, stupid comedy, but yeah, I, I, bit, I, I like it. I respect it. All right. That is going to be an average score of 69. Um, and next week it is time. It is now time to announce our pick for next week's movie review. Sage, you are our next picker of the nose. Pick Ooh. your movie. Oh God. Got to be ready for this now. We're doing this a week in advance. You I said you were. I know. I forgot the name. And it's one word. <laughs> Ooh. So, context. I'm a cook. Chef. No, I've already seen the movie. Pig. It's a great so movie. Good. If you've ever seen Chef, you should go watch Chef. It's going to be Pig. pig? It's going to be Truffle Pig. Pig, I'm going to watch Truffle Hunters. Unless you want to pick that movie. Truffle Hunters. This <laughs> is kind of a shot in the dark because... Gonna forewarn you, it's got rough ratings from the aggregators, but it's Bradley Cooper. Okay. It's called Burnt. <laughs> Would you say that the movie got burnt? Huh. It definitely got burnt. I've definitely seen this movie. What the what? By Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't what give a shit what? about, but Metacritic gave it 
surprisingly lower score than IMDb. So we'll see. Captain but, Zemo is in this, or not Captain Zemo. What's his name? Count Zemo? I don't know. Zemo from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War is in this. 2015 rom-com. Hmm. All right. Emma Thompson, Uma Thurman, Uma, Lily James. Why are these people so buried? Yeah, don't even... Alicia Vikander is in this movie. What the fuck? I know, I just saw it. I was like, wait, what the fuck? God, I love her. Okay. I'm in love with Alicia Vikander. That can't be possible because I'm in love with Alicia Vikander. Doesn't matter. She's married to that weird British dude anyways. Oh, Emma Thompson. I know that face too. Is this movie streaming anywhere? I have no idea. Damn no, it, it's Sage. On, no, it's, it's not. It's on Pluto. Oh, it's, it's on, on Amazon Fubo, Prime. Voodoo no, it's on, Free, Tubi. It says it's on Prime for free. Pluto, IMDb TV. It's not, it's not actual Prime, though. It's an IMDb TV. It's got commercials. Oh, that's something I meant to bring up. We'll do it now. This is the first time ever in my entire life that I've watched a movie on Hulu and commercials have interrupted it. Do you not have... Wait, do you have... You, you pay for Hulu? Yes. And they interrupted you? Yes, but I, I, I have the commercial version. But usually that only happens on TV shows. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. It happened twice. Like, usually when you click a movie to watch on Hulu and you pay for, like, the ad-supported version, it will play, like, 90 seconds of commercials at the start. Yeah. And then it won't interrupt you again. Damn. Happened twice. And I think it was a glitch because I looked at the, like, scroll thing, and on TV shows, it shows you when the next commercial's coming up, and it didn't show it here. So I think it just was randomly doing it. I don't know. Might be Hulu. Maybe maybe they're trying to get get at me for... I haven't watched Hulu in forever. Yeah, I think they're trying to get you. Mm-hmm. I got Hulu ad free because I fell in love with Attack on Titan and I couldn't stand ads. So, yeah, you have to. And we are brought to you by GD4GD. Um, they are a lifestyle brand, if you will. They have a lot of cool clothing at GD4GD.com. And a cool thing about the company is they uh, partner with nonprofit companies um, all the time. And when they do this, they give $10 of every sale to a nonprofit. Um, their partner right now is Respite Care. They are a nonprofit organization in Larimer County that provides short-term quality care for children with developmental disabilities and respite to their families, enabling them to enhance their quality of life. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. You can follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. Um, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't... I'm going to introduce you to Reefer, brother. But I won't let you take it. I'll chop you in half nice. with a machete. I don't know. That seemed too obvious. I like it. I'll chop you in half with a machete, reattach you, and then chop you in half again, and then won't reattach you. <gasps> I'll walk hard all over you. Oh, damn. That's almost as too, it's too threatening. saucy as the duet song. I feel very threatened by yours, Jacob. All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. All the elevator buttons So incredibly high 
I stand today for the midget Half the size of a regular guy Let me hold you little man As the parade passes by Let me hold you little man We'll make believe you can fly You shout for me to put you down But I'm marching today for your cause I'm banging the drum Your big day will come When they remake The Wizard of Oz So let me hold you midget man Pretend that you're flying in space Let me hold you midget man So the dog will stop licking your face Little shoes, little pants Little song, little dance Little heart, little mind But your rights are as big as mine Na 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 Thank God I am tall I won't let you fall We're all midgets for one and for all Thank God I am tall I won't let you fall We're all midgets And some are just small Stand up for the little people!